this kind of shows you when they ask me what my biggest challenge is and I answer it honestly, then they respond by showing that it is my biggest challenge by trying to silence me. Let's be honest, the gays love First Lady Melania Trump. When LGBTQ conservatives align themselves with the Republican Party, it can be an enigma, and it raises an important question. Why would people who are LGBTQ themselves and straight allies align themselves with a political party that opposes equality for LGBTQ people? to This Way Out, the international LGBTQ radio magazine. I'm Lucia Chappell. Chile's new progressive cabinet boasts two queer members, gay teen battles bias with TikTok takedown, and queer youth question queer conservatism. Those stories and more this week because you've chosen This Way Out. I'm Michael LeBeau. And I'm Melanie Keller. With News Wrap. A summary of some of the news in or affecting LGBTQ communities around the world for the week ending January 22, 2022. Chilean President-elect Gabriel Boric has named two openly queer people to his strikingly progressive cabinet, another reminder that elections have consequences. Lesbian Alexandra Bernardo will serve as sports minister in Chile's majority women cabinet. Gay Marco Antonio Avila will be Education Minister. Movimiento de Integración y Liberación Homosexual, Movil, is the country's major LGBTQ advocacy group. Spokesperson Javiera Sunega celebrated the diversity in a statement that read in part, Sexual orientation and gender identity are irrelevant for the positions. Capability is the only thing that matters. Fourteen of Boric's new 24-member cabinet ministers are women. Like Boric, several are former student protest leaders. The president-elect said in announcing his choices on January 21st, we have formed this team with people who are prepared with knowledge, with experience, and committed to the agenda of changes that the country needs. The young president-elect will turn 36 before he and his cabinet begin work in the South American nation on March 11th. That's the day after lesbian and gay couples can begin tying the knot under recently enacted marriage equality legislation. Marriage equality was unanimously rejected by the Constitutional Chamber of the Supreme Court of Justice of Honduras on January 17th. The ruling came in two related cases. The plaintiffs say they will now take their cases to the Inter-American Court of Human Rights, the judicial arm of the Organization of American States. Honduras is bound by that court's 2017 ruling for non-marriage equality countries in the region to open the civil institution to gay and lesbian couples. Of the 20 member nations of the Organization of American States, 12 still deny them that right. However, those governments can flaunt the inter-American court's decision because it carries no enforcement powers. Meanwhile, Mexico is essentially piecemeal marriage equality. Its Supreme Court ordered a state-by-state -state process that still leaves six of its 31 states standing at the altar. It's official. Taiwanese gay husbands Wang Chen Wei and Chen Chun Ju are the island's first queer family to adopt a child together. The formal adoption papers were signed on January 13th. Under current laws, married queer couples can only adopt their respective biological children. Wang postponed his wedding to Chen in order to adopt the child as a single parent without complications. 
Late last year, a family court in the city of Kaohsiung gave Chen the green light to adopt Wang's adopted child. Signing the papers this week completed the process. Activists' enthusiasm for the action was tempered by the fact that it sets no precedent. Although Taiwan is the first jurisdiction in Asia to open civil marriage to same-gender couples, it declined to include equality in adoptions. A bill to remedy that omission has languished in the legislative yuan for more than a year. After their historic adoption became official, Wang told reporters that he and Chen are not a charity case. We shouldn't have had to fight for it. Another thing Taiwan's marriage equality legislation did not include was recognition of binational couples. Japan's international news service NHK reports that 42-year-old Ariyoshi Isiburo and his 34-year-old Taiwanese partner Lei Oyi Jen have filed a lawsuit in the city of Taipei. The couple is demanding that civil authorities accept their marriage registration. Their lawyer says it's the first time a Japanese citizen has been involved in such a legal action abroad. At least seven U.S. states rang in the new year, banging a new batch of bills to limit the rights of transgender and non-binary young people. NBC News counted at least nine measures in Alabama, Arizona, Indiana, Kentucky, New Hampshire, Oklahoma, and South Dakota. They aim to prevent trans and NB youth from participating in school sports, from using campus bathrooms that correspond to their gender identity, and from receiving gender-affirming health care. More than 280 anti-queer bills were introduced in 33 state legislatures in 2021, according to the National LGBTQ Human Rights Campaign. At least 130 of them specifically targeted transgender people. Bills to ban trans student athletes from competing under their gender identity passed in Alabama, Arkansas, Florida, Mississippi, Montana, Tennessee, Texas, and West Virginia. The sponsors of these measures are almost exclusively Republican. They claim they want to protect a level playing field for cisgender girls and women in school sports and to prevent young trans people from making medical decisions they might later regret. They also cite potential disruption in gender-segregated public facilities. Speaking to NBC News, longtime trans advocate and media manager for the National Women's Law Center, Gillian Brandstetter, called it a hostile and dangerous trend that I'm sure we'll see continue through the year. The vice presidential pet made famous by two children's books has died. Marlon Bundo was owned by the daughter of former U.S. Vice President Mike Pence, Charlotte Pence Bond. She made Marlon famous as Botus, Bunny of the United States, in her children's picture book about the black and white rabbit, illustrated by Karen Mother Pence. Hot on Marlon's Heels hopped a parody published by late-night comedy host John Oliver that outsold the original. A Day in the Life of Marlon Bundo lampooned Pence's well-known opposition to marriage equality. Marlon falls for another boy rabbit, only to be blocked from marrying him by the stink bug, an official with a less-than-subtle resemblance to Vice President Pence. The parody publication was dedicated to every bunny who has ever felt different, and all proceeds were donated to the teen queer youth suicide prevention group The Trevor Project and to AIDS United. Now a reporter for the Daily Wire, Charlotte Pence Bond said at the time that she bought Oliver's book to support those charities, as well as the charities her book supported. She tweeted the news of the rabbit's passing on January 15th, writing, Marlon, God brought you to us right when we needed you most. Many queer kids can say the same. Finally, the U.S. Department of Education is investigating 
the largest Mormon university in the world, for bias against LGBTQ people. Complaints that Salt Lake City, Utah-based Brigham Young University is violating the civil rights of queer students sparked the probe into whether enforcement of its honor code of conduct unfairly targets them. Conduct totally acceptable among hetero students can even lead to an LGBTQ person being expelled. The federal investigation began late last year, according to the Salt Lake Tribune. The revelation comes on the heels of reports that BYU had banned all protest actions around the iconic Y on the mountain overlooking the school. Last March, activists lit it in rainbow colors, and BYU could not have that happen again. It's just kind of like one step forward, two steps back. BYU junior Christian Hunt told local TV station KSTU that he's cautiously optimistic that pressure from the feds will lead to significant changes. I've grown up in Utah, and I understand kind of the invincibility that the Mormon church can have. And so I kind of was like, wow, this is so cool. But somehow BYU escapes it every time. Senior Everett Patterson told the TV station, Queer students are held to a different standard than straight students because a straight student wouldn't be expelled for going on a date or holding hands or kissing. That's News Wrap, global queer news with attitude for the week ending January 22nd, 2022. Follow the news in your area and around the world. An informed community is a strong community. News Wrap is written by Greg Gordon, edited by Lucia Chappelle, produced by Brian DeShazer, and brought to you by you. Help keep us in ears around the world at thiswayout.org, where you can also read the text of this newscast and much more. And you can read the transcript and listen to News Wrap each week by subscribing to our This Way Out radio channel on YouTube. For This Way Out, I'm Michael LeBeau. Stay healthy. And I'm Melanie Keller. Stay safe. This Way Out is supported in part by contributions from our listeners. Some give a little each month. Some make a larger annual contribution. More information and a link to give are online at thiswayout.org. Some LGBTQ conservatives have said, perhaps jokingly, that it is more difficult to admit being conservative than it is to come out as LGBTQ. So what is the issue? Queer youth examined the issue, but first, a gay teen TikToks matters into his own hands. He was like, oh, well, like, that's not what, like, I expected you to say. And I was like, you expect me to just be okay with the fact that you're literally censoring me and being like, I'm not putting this in here because you're gay. Some liberals say that it's okay for people to be queer, as long as they don't flaunt it. But it seems to me, my dear, that we've seen straight folks flaunt their sexuality for years. Sounds a lot like blatant homophobia to me. A high school senior's viral TikTok video shows that homophobia is alive and insidiously well in the U.S. 17-year-old Tyler Johnson enrolled in Tully Jr. Senior High after moving to Syracuse, New York from West Virginia in 2019. He told local media, The students there are great. They're super, super accepting. Um, I, I just came out right before I moved to Tully. So all was going well until the encounter with Principal Mike O'Brien that Tyler revealed on TikTok. So my high school has this thing that they do it's like a monthly like newspaper issue that they put out but in all of them they do like a senior spotlight 
so they picked two seniors each month to do the thing and I got chosen to do it so I was like this is great like so cool right so I answer all their questions they email me like a list of questions and one of the questions was what challenges have you faced and how have you overcome them so you know I answered truthfully with the biggest challenge that I had to overcome so I said the biggest challenge I faced was growing up gay and coming out I had to learn how to become comfortable in my own skin and how to stay strong through bullying and all the negative experiences I had while trying to navigate through life you know I'm answering honestly so then today my principal like um stops me in the hallway and is like uh i need to talk to you and i was like okay so i didn't think of anything about it so i go into his office and he's like so essentially what he said i'm gonna shorten it down because like two minutes left he was like pretty much we can't put this in we're not putting it in you have the option to either completely get rid of the question or rewrite it i said mm, better idea completely take me out of the senior spotlight and i just won't do it you know um, he was like, oh, well, like, that's not what, like, I expected you to say. And I was like, you expect me to just be okay with the fact that you're literally censoring me and being like, I'm not putting this in here because you're gay. So then my mom calls the school and, like, talks to him. Even in another question in his spotlight, he said Tully was his home. Pamela Custer supported her son to reporters. Like, he, he was safe here. And so for them to ask him to take that out, they took his safety net away from him. Just kind of shows you um, when they ask me what my biggest challenge is and I answer it honestly, then they respond by making, showing that it is my biggest challenge by trying to silence me. Tyler continued his story on TikTok. So I call the school, talk to him, and I'm like, um, so I know you talked to my mom, but I just wanted to know that I'm standing with my uh, first decision and I don't want to be featured in this or whatever. And he was like, but you're such a, un such a unique student, like walks our halls and like you're such a positive face in our community. And I was like, yeah, but here's the thing. There are so many kids in our community and in our school that are going through the same things that I've gone through and that I'm still going through. And them reading that for me and like seeing that in like our school newspaper would give them the courage and like, you know, give them the strength to know that like it's okay to be yourself. Um, but now they're not going to have that. And that's your fault. So, yeah, we'll see how this unfolds because I'm not done with this. Tyler told the press. I love the families and I love the students um, and I really don't want people to think that um, all the parents and students and families have this mindset in this community because they do not. In fact, queer supportive teachers, parents and students showed up in force for an emergency school board meeting to consider Tyler's situation. Among them was a local elementary school social worker, Kyle Toronto. I was immediately appalled when I saw it. That's because of the way Toronto's welcome bio was received by Tully School's superintendent, Robert Hughes, about a year ago. He had pulled me aside in the hallway and said that I would have to take out the fact that I have a husband in my bio. Um, so I was very upset about that. I was told that it wouldn't be able to be printed because board members wouldn't approve of my sexuality. The principal at Toronto's school supported him, persuading Hughes to eventually relent and print his bio as written. I was naive and thought that, um, you know, it was going to go away and was fixed. Um, but apparently we still have the problem. And my biggest fear when it happened to me was that it was going to happen to a child. Tyler's side won at the school board meeting. Superintendent Hughes issues a statement saying in part, clearly as a school district we have to do a better job of supporting our LGBTQIA plus students. I have room to grow in this area as well. He only spoke briefly to reporters after the meeting. I'm glad they're supporting um, Tyler. I really am. But class is dismissed for social worker Toronto.
I am currently still employed. I've submitted resignation as of Saturday. So my last day with the district will be February 25th. Tyler Johnson's moment in the senior spotlight teaches us all something. You feel like we've come so far as like a society, but then something like this happens and then you realize we're not as far as we think we are. Sounds a lot like latent homophobia to me. Happens left and right. That's why we must unite. We gotta stand and fight that old homophobia. signed up for our e-newsletter Inside This Way Out? We send them out every few weeks, briefly reviewing recent and previewing upcoming programming and deepening the conversation about your favorite international LGBTQ radio show. To receive the occasional Inside This Way Out and let us know you're listening, email us at info at thiswayout.org. You knew damn well I was a snake before you took me in. She made history as the first Republican First Lady to ever support our community, the Log Cabin Republicans, and LGBT Americans. Let's be honest, the gays love First Lady Melania Trump. She's smart, she's fashionable, she's stylish. Now don't get me wrong, we love President Trump too, but man, she made him look good. Thank you, Mrs. Trump, for your support, for your class, your grace, your elegance, and your style, and for being the most memorable First Lady you've ever had. The fawning foppery of the Long Cabin Republicans' fanfare for their effect with the former First Lady last November may or may not tickle your political funny bone, but the outcasting overtime crew is thinking more seriously about queer conservatism in the U.S. This is Outcasting Overtime from Media for the Public Good, creator of Public Radio's LGBTQ youth programs. Hi, I'm Tim, an Outcasting Youth participant. The LGBTQ community, however you define it, is enormously diverse, filled with widely differing opinions on just about everything. Within the community, and a lot of people don't even like calling it a community, some people fight with each other over aspects of LGBTQ identity. Men fight with women. Some gay people say that being bisexual isn't gay enough. And some transgender people who have undergone medical transition say that other trans people who haven't aren't trans enough. There is disagreement on political and legal strategy that results from differing levels of discrimination. Gay people are often less oppressed by society than trans people, and as a result, to take one example, New York State enacted a non-discrimination law protecting gay people many years before the passage of a law that protects trans people. This caused huge tensions between gay and trans New Yorkers and those who support them. But a widely shared experience within the community is that LGBTQ people are often marginalized and oppressed. LGBTQ identity and equality are highly politicized by conservatives. There wouldn't need to be a fight for LGBTQ equality if LGBTQ people were in fact equal. It was a huge achievement to win marriage equality, but it wasn't anything like the last piece of the puzzle. 
there are many other critical areas where equality isn't a reality yet. So for many LGBTQ people, their experience of being marginalized and oppressed gives them solidarity with other oppressed minorities, and this often means that they are aligned with political liberalism. When LGBTQ conservatives align themselves with the Republican Party, it can be an enigma, and it raises an important question. Why would people who are LGBTQ themselves and straight allies align themselves with a political party that opposes equality for LGBTQ people? Without looking more deeply, it is true that being LGBTQ doesn't prevent anyone from holding conservative political positions. So there's no inherent contradiction, for example, between being transgender and favoring a free market unregulated economy and the death penalty, between being bisexual and opposing a woman's right to choose or government involvement in healthcare, or between being non-binary or gay and opposing regulation of guns. And yet, some LGBTQ conservatives have said, perhaps jokingly, that it is more difficult to admit being conservative than it is to come out as LGBTQ. So what is the issue? Why do some LGBTQ people consider LGBTQ conservatives to be hypocrites? Without getting into the complicated relationship between true equality for minorities and the modern Republican Party, it is safe to say that many Republicans, particularly those who identify themselves as social or Christian conservatives, oppose equality for LGBTQ people. Some LGBTQ conservatives don't think that the Republican Party is anti-LGBTQ. In an age marked by a meteoric rise in misinformation because of the internet and social media, some people blame fake news and simply deny that there's any opposition to LGBTQ equality by the Republican Party. And it is true that Republican citizens are not uniformly anti-equality. A 2021 Gallup poll indicated that 55% of Republicans support marriage equality, not as high as the 83% support among Democrats, but still a majority. But many Republican elected officials and other leaders take a harder line. Conservatives often oppose hate crime laws, even though LGBTQ people are at greatly increased risk of becoming victims of hate crimes. Republican state leaders advanced a record-breaking number of anti-LGBTQ laws in 2021. The Republican Party's national platform in 2016, which was readopted in 2020, condemned marriage equality. The Equality Act, which would finally add LGBTQ people to our nation's civil rights laws, is supported by Congressional Democrats and President Joe Biden, but hasn't yet been passed in the face of substantial Republican opposition. And at the Supreme Court, Conservative justices appointed by Republican presidents have talked about overturning marriage equality and allowing claims of religious freedom to override LGBTQ equality, something we are talking about in our current Outcasting series, which is available on our website, outcastingmedia.org. In light of this substantial division between conservatives and liberals, what might cause some LGBTQ people to support conservatives? One reason might be that LGBTQ conservatives want to reform the Republican Party from within, and make it more inclusive and supportive of LGBTQ equality. Perhaps they feel they can be more effective at changing the organization by remaining inside than they could be as outsiders, possibly by keeping internal lines of communication more open. Another reason could be that many LGBTQ conservatives are gay white men, often the least marginalized group among LGBTQ people. Everyone has their own hierarchy of views. For some people, 
their social and economic position may insulate them from some of the day-to-day discrimination that less privileged LGBTQ people face. So if you're a business executive who happens to be gay, being able to run your business without government interference might be more important to you than discrimination faced by LGBTQ people. But it is not hard to imagine that the more oppressed you are, personally, the harder it is to ignore the oppression in order to support other political views. And this reality brings an important distinction into focus. When people vote, they understand that they probably disagree with their chosen candidate on some issues, but they can't pick those positions apart and vote for them separately. They have to prioritize what's important to them and choose a single candidate. So if our hypothetical business executive favors an unregulated environment for his company, he may vote Republican because he stands to gain more through the freedom of his business than he stands to lose because of discrimination. But is that a choice that shows any solidarity with the larger LGBTQ community? The story of Rob Portman, a prominent Republican senator from Ohio, offers an important lesson in empathy. Like most other elected officials, both Republican and Democratic, Portman wasn't an early supporter of marriage equality. What turned him around was finding out that his own son is gay. It is certainly a wonderful thing that Portman evolved. We hope that his relationship with his gay son is warm and loving, and we're very glad to have him as a rare Republican supporter on this issue. But shouldn't it be a given for elected officials to be able to empathize with struggles for equality without needing personal experiences to make the struggles real to them? Isn't empathy a basic human quality? Shouldn't people be able to understand things that are beyond their own personal experience? Which brings us back to LGBTQ conservatives. Maybe they do care about LGBTQ equality, but not enough to cause them to vote against Republican candidates who oppose equality. So their shortage of empathy undermines equality for all of us. If the personal experiences of LGBTQ conservatives is that marginalization and oppression don't make their own lives miserable, can they at least empathize with the struggles of other LGBTQ people for whom inequality is a more pressing issue? Perhaps much more pressing? Equality is supposed to be one of the core values of this country. It is the foundation on which everything else stands, but it is not the reality for lots of people. And when LGBTQ conservatives vote for anti-LGBTQ Republicans, they are putting their personal interests and ideologies ahead of the larger struggle for equality of a community they belong to. If they betray this community by putting the basic human right of equality in the back seat, can they really expect greater acceptance among LGBTQ people? Thanks for listening to Outcasting Overtime from Outcasting Media, creator of Public Radio's LGBTQ youth programs. Outcasting Media is a production of media for the public good, based in New York. This piece was created by the Outcasting team, including Lil, Isha, Sasha, Justin, Sarah, and me, Tim. Our executive producer is Mark Sophus. Visit us at outcastingmedia.org to get information about outcasting, watch outcasting videos, access our social media links, and listen to outcasting and related content. You can also find outcasting on Radio Public, Apple Podcasts, Pocket Casts, Spotify, and other podcast sites. Thanks, and thanks for listening.
Thanks for discovering This Way Out, brought to you by the nonprofit Overnight Productions. Some program material this week came from Michael LeBeau and Melanie Keller, produced by Brian DeShazer, and from Outcaster Tim, produced by Mark Sofus. Romanovsky and Phillips, Sam Cooke, and Annie DeFranco performed some of the music you heard, and Kim Wilson composed and performed our theme music. This Way Out thanks the Kicking Assets Fund of the Tides Foundation, the Yavana Foundation, a bequest from Christopher David Trentum, and donors David Hunt and Richard Merck and Brad Payton of Silicon Valley. Listener donors make this program possible. Look for This Way Out Radio on social media, email info at thiswayout.org, or write to us at P.O. Box 1065, Los Angeles, California, 90078, USA. For coordinating producer Greg Gordon and all of us at This Way Out, I'm Lucia Chappelle. Thanks for listening online at thiswayout.org and on 3UGE Alexandra Victoria, WJFF Jeffersonville, New York, KPCA Petaluma, California, and a wide array of community terrestrial and internet radio stations around the world, including this one. Stay healthy, stay safe, and stay tuned, y'all.